0: going on Wolfpack nation hope everybody's doing well today we got an exciting interview today exciting one with uh mr scott wood the three pointer the three killer whatever you want to call him man just uh just scott so glad to have you brother
1: thanks man i appreciate being on the show
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and, uh, you know, one of the things I know I've bumped into a couple of different times and uh, I remember one time back earlier this year, actually during baseball season. So want to go ahead and get this out of the way, but I know from, from the couple of times we've, we've bumped into each other, you're a pretty big NC State baseball fan. Wouldn't you say?
1: I, I, I would say that's, that's a safe, that's a <laughs> safe
0: guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I know, uh, during your time too, you were saying that you, uh, you were pretty close with Avens, right? For the most part. Like, yeah. I know, you know, you had a couple of different run-ins with him. So.
1: Yeah. Avens, my guy. Yeah. Um, obviously I met him through Monty Tau him and Monty were, were always running around and, and, and good buddies. So, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to throw out a first pitch for, for one of the games. Actually, the day before I threw out the first pitch, uh, Lisa Navis, the former softball coach asked me to throw out a pitch because my, my wife who was my girlfriend at the time was the second baseman so I threw out the pitch at that game and then the next day uh I was able to go to the baseball game and throw out the first pitch and Andrew Sensen caught it uh for that one who's a, another good friend of mine. So uh you know mm-hmm. NC NC State baseball's got a lot of good memories for me. I remember they went to the Omaha the year uh I was a senior with with Trey and Carlos um and I've I've just remained close to coach Avent uh since then.
0: Mhm. Yeah, and I mean anything in particular really I mean that stood out to you about Coach Avent at all? I mean, any funny, any any good stories? You know, for for the Wolfpack Nation to listen to.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Avent's my guy, and, and there's one thing that I know is uh, there, there's nobody that loves NC State more than him. Um, I was lucky enough when we did the TBT uh, two months ago. Coach Avent was helping uh, with Team USA, and they had the little qualifiers, so they were getting getting ready to send the team over to to the Olympics, and. Mm-hmm. We we mentioned that we wanted him to come to practice because all the guys love him. He was always coming to our practice, getting to know the guys. So he comes into to practice, and uh, I guess I don't know. I don't know if he'd be embarrassed or want me to share the story, but he comes to practice. I mean, everybody's giving him a hug. Everybody loves him. Like, it's so good to see him. He goes, literally, we're stretching right before we're about to do a little bit of practice and and gives everybody hugs. hug, says, how are you doing? How's your family? Checking in. And he's sitting there, um, and we're, we're practicing, practicing, practicing. And then we had a couple of boosters that that came in that um, were, were funding a little bit of money to help us be able to travel and not have to pay for any expenses for the TBT. And he came in. When he came in, he was in full Team USA uniform, like literally just mm-hmm. got done with the game, just came came into the gym, and one of the boosters that were there his son was there. His son was uh, 12 years old. I won't mention who it is, but he's a very popular NC State booster. He had never met uh, Coach Avent before. Oh. And uh, another guy, shout out to uh, – I will mention his name. Ashley Alfin, who's another huge NC State guy, was sitting there with Coach Avent, and, and they're pretty close buddies. And he said – he asked him, he said, hey, have you ever met, met Coach Avent before? And he said, no, I haven't. And so they went, and Ashley introduced – Coach Avent to the other NC State booster and his son. And they got to talking. We're getting to know each other. And, uh, you know, by this time, I was I was older on the TBT team, so my time at practice was pretty much done. So I, I was sitting on the sideline just watching everything happen. And then next thing you mm-hmm. know, Coach Avent uh, tells everybody bye. He's about to head out, takes his Team USA uniform, off his back and gives it to the 12 year old
2: Wow, that's really cool. literally his
1: team usa uniform gives it to him Wow, and just walks off and then he gets wow. to his car and goes and gets team usa baseballs all his all his other gear that he had from team usa wow. grabs all of it and gives it to the kid wow like wow. and that's the one thing that that uh that a lot of people behind the scenes that you know. They see, you know, a baseball coach. They see, you know, the wins and losses. They see that stuff, but they don't see uh, what type of person he is. Like you could take all NC State aside, his love for NC State, and the guy is truly just a down-to-earth, great person. And uh, mm-hmm. and for that, I was just, I, I've, I've just been honored to know him. I've been honored to to be a part of, uh, of NC State baseball and get to know some of the guys. and And the bottom line is, he just wants what's best for his players. He wants what's best for the university. Uh, and he's always putting someone first before himself. And that's, that's the one story that always is, going to stick out to me. I know it was only a couple months ago, but it's just that one that, uh, you look back on it and you're like, man, NC state's lucky to have a guy like coach. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, I mean, I could, I could, I couldn't agree with you more. Let's put that way. I know that for me in particular, I was lucky enough to be actually a part of a, uh, the preseason, uh, Press conference before this 2021 baseball season, and yeah, I mean, just not only how cool he was about talking about the players, but even cool to the media staff themselves. You know, I mean, like calling him out by name, hey, you know, you know, James, good to see you. Uh, you know, hope you're doing well, and you know all that jazz. And, you know, he comes in on the Zoom call with his you know old school hat and his yep. sunglasses, and uh, yeah, no, that was that was P Coach Avery for sure. and
1: and that's just how he is. Like a lot of people. Again, I won't mention names, but there's a lot of people that just fake it. You know, they just, they, you, you think they're boys just because, you know, they're, they're, they're there. And then behind closed doors, they're, they're not doing the same thing. And that's just not Coach Avon. I mean, behind closed doors, he's doing the same thing. He's just trying to help
2: anybody that he can and wants what's mm-hmm. best for them. Yeah. And then you look yeah. at the, how they, you know, Mississippi State, game. <laughs> they just played at Mississippi State. And I think the AD invited him down to go be on it. That's, yeah, those kind of things you don't see very often, and it—I imagine for them it takes a special kind of person that to be recognized like that. Uh, not another school, yeah. so you can see it, his love for the game, the kind of person he is, his love for NC State transcends a lot beyond just the university. It's contagious in a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yep. So now jumping into, you know, a little bit of you, Scott. So, I mean, you know, first of all, you know, one, you know, one thing we always like to ask every single former player, or whatever that we have on is kind of just give an update in terms of what, what are you up to these days? You know, are you, I know you're playing uh, a little bit uh, right now. Is that correct still? Uh, I'm, I'm So I'm
1: officially done playing. Uh, once COVID hit, I had my daughter who's now two and a half was one uh, in some change mm-hmm. at the time. We had just gotten back from Spain. COVID was really starting to get kind of bad. Uh, yep. I found out my wife was pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. It was hard to to stop playing because I still wanted to play. But uh, yeah. with that, I just didn't want to take my kids over there. I didn't want to take my wife over there. So we decided to, to stay back and, and find something to do here. <laughs> and obviously, the first thing I thought about was, was getting into coaching. And uh, I mean, it's just easy transition. And I actually got in touch with Chris, Chris Cortiani, who I've, I've come close with uh, over the last few years and kind of picked his brain. And, and one of the things that stood out is, you know, coaching's always going to be there. You know, I'm, I'm 31 years old now for 31 years of my life. All I've known is basketball, you know, eight years professional basketball. I played all basketball is all I can remember. And he said, he said, yeah. you can always try something new. And if you don't like it, there's always coaching there. So uh, I actually have gotten into uh, mortgage lending now. So. <laughs> that's what I do by day. Um, so if anybody needs to refinance, there you go. Um, and then in the afternoons, if I'm not golfing, um, um, (laughs) I'm doing a little bit of, uh, of training. So I've got anywhere from 12 to to 18 year old. Uh, I work out some really good people. Uh, Uh, Gabe Proctor's at Apex Friendship. I'm going to name drop so they can get recruited. Gabe (laughs) Proctor, Apex Friendship. Isaac Holmes goes to Apex Friendship. Um, Audrey Erickson is really good, has multiple offers from a lot of mid-majors. So there's a lot of them uh, that have kind of reached out and asked for help. And, and, And my whole logic behind it is I've played basketball 31 years of my life. I've gained a lot of knowledge being around a lot of great players, a lot of great coaches now that I can't really utilize any of it, it's my chance to kind of give back yeah. some of the things I've learned to some of these kids. And I mean, they've gotten a lot lot better in the time that I've been working with them. So uh, that's basically what I'm doing now. I got a, I got, like I said, I got a, I got a girl named Raleigh, Raleigh Wood. And I got a, a son who's Scott Douglas Wood III, who we call Trey. Uh, so my wife, Tony Ann played softball at state. So we're living in Holly Springs now. So, I can't complain, man. I got a really good life. I got a really good family. Uh, I got a good support staff at, at where I work. And then the nice part too, is I get to give back some of that basketball knowledge to some of the kids. It's
0: that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. That, that's that's really cool here. And I know that, yeah, I, I've seen from time to time that you do your, I think it's Saturday uh, shooting camps uh, yeah. like that, that you've opened up for signing. And so uh, I was, I, I always kind of laugh, you know, even though I've ever really played baseball, basketball, I was like, maybe I'll just show up and Listen, just you know, just get so some lessons. You know?
1: Listen, so I had a guy the other day, he, he, he was a little older than me, asked, okay. he said, hey, can I come? Like, I, I want to learn from you. Like, I want to do that. And I said, mm-hmm. at first I was like, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? If this guy really wants to come and get better, let's do it. And he came and he worked really hard. I mean, he worked really, was going through everything, was working on a shot. So, I mean, if if you three want to come down, I'll give you some tips. I don't know if it'll help you for what you want to do later in life, but I'll I'll, I'll give you all the tips you want.
2: I need mortgage lending tips, man.
1: (laughs) I I I got a good support staff on that, too. So we'll we'll hook you up
0: hey let's do it awesome okay so we'll talk about that off air no but um yeah so before we continue we want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor flatlands Jessup insurance group that has our whole world covered with agents in five offices throughout eastern north carolina to help you decide how much coverage you need offering policies for home and auto recreational vehicles commercial crop health life and employee benefits they are able to combine options to find a comprehensive solution that works for you. Flatlands Jessup protects the things you love so you can spend less time wearing and more time enjoying them. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Flatlands Jessup. You can also visit their webpage at www.flatlandsjessup.com. So please make sure to go and check them out. You know, and kind of diving into now, see a little bit about your time at NC State. So, you know, obviously you had a little bit of an interesting road and you know, obviously was in the middle of a of a coaching change from uh coach Sidney Lowe when you first came on to coach Gottfried. And so I wanted to kind of ask, I mean, you know, cause I feel like that, that, especially in today's college world, and even the professional, you know, sports world and, you know, whatever it may be that athletes all the time go through coaching changes and it, it's not unheard of. So I want to kind of get your thoughts. I mean, if somebody came to you, you know, and said, Hey, listen, you know, my, my, my coach is leaving, you know, or there's a transition. What would you kind of just kind of say to them in terms of, you know how to approach that transition process
1: you know it's it's tough um especially with a with the coaching change and the rules now so like when i was in school if you decided to transfer you had to sit out a year no matter what yeah. um right now that's not necessarily the case so when i went through that transition um and I've, I've said it multiple times i mean i had half of a foot out the door to notre dame like that's where i was going to go mm-hmm. i had talked you know, with, with my family and I'd been, you know, previously recruited and they weren't technically allowed to reach out, but I knew that there was interest there as well. I had half the door. I, I mean, I was halfway out the door. Um, And then uh, coach Monty Tao came to me who ended up not staying on staff. Like he, he knew he wasn't on staff, but again, this speaks about the love for NC state. And he just sat down and we had a meeting and he's like, Scott, I'm just going to tell you, like, if you want to transfer, like, I'm behind you, whatever you want to do. But I just want to let you know there's no place like NC State. Like, at that time, I had started every game since my freshman and sophomore year. I was on pace to, to, to break Rodney Monroe's three-point record. Uh, I was on pace to do a lot of things that a lot of NC State people uh, weren't able to do. And as soon as he started saying that, um, and then Bobby Lutz kind of came involved and kind of showed me how they would utilize me uh, with the Godfried staff. Uh, it, it would have been hard to leave, and it, and that was the one thing looking back on it. Um, even though I thought I was going to leave, it's just NC. I knew NC State was the place for me, and I just yeah. feel like the problem is a lot of these these kids now they see it kind of almost as the easy way out. Obviously, when a coach recruited you there, you don't know if the other coach is really going to want you. Um, yeah. So I so I understand that part of it, but. I really do. I just feel like a lot of kids nowadays, they just want to take the easy way out. You know, I was not getting the minutes, so I'm going to go here. Um, And I I looked at it a different way. You know, my my freshman year, I was a three-star recruit. Nobody thought I was going to be anything relevant ever in NC State basketball. And I I saw that as an opportunity for me to just work hard. You know, at the end of the day, if I put forth the effort and I work hard and I don't get minutes – Now we're talking a different story, but I don't think that's necessarily the case for all these kids. They come in here and just expect that everything's going to be handed to them. So, you know, if if someone actually did come to me, I would just at the end of the day, you got to look at the situation. You got to look one at yourself. You got to look in the mirror. You got to be able to say, why am I leaving? Am I leaving because I haven't been playing? Am I leaving because I don't want to, you know, change or do I not want to work harder? So that's the first thing I would say. I think there's a lot of times a lot of these kids do make the right decision to transfer. I don't think they should be tied to the school. But at the same time, I think what they have set up with the NCAA, it is a little bit too easy to leave. Now, I do understand when coaches leave. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a whole different scenario. The scenario I don't like is when the, the coach that recruited them is still there and they just leave and it's just free. That, to yeah. me, is, is a little weird. Uh, Mm -hmm. but when you get that coaching change, I do understand because I've, I've been in that situation, why someone would be a little bit more interested in, in making a move. Yeah.
0: Well, because one, one specific example that I can think of, which actually isn't a basketball example, but it's actually college football. So, you know, a couple of years ago, Manny Diaz was the defensive coordinator in Miami. Uh, he went to take a head coaching job at temple. A bunch of recruits from Miami went to, went to temple with Mark Richt. And then I'm sorry with Manny Diaz, yes. and then Mark Richt left or left Miami, and Manny Diaz went back. But the yep. people who just left to go to Temple are screwed, basically. I mean, because they yeah. they transferred, you know. So it's like you know, wait. So what, if if Manny can leave that easily, then why can't the players? So so I get that, <laughs> right. but I mean, you know, it, it kind of leads to the question of I mean, I feel like, and I, I feel like most people agree yeah. with this that college foot college b- basketball, in today's world it's not even close to what it was back in your day. I feel like, well, that's, you know, that's
1: less than 10 years ago. That's the crazy yeah, part. I mean, I've only been out right for, I think I've been out and this will be my ninth year. I've been out of NC state, which is a long time, yeah. but it's really not a long gap, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's the weirdest yeah. part is how much it's changed. Uh, like mm-hmm. I went back and, uh, uh, I was able to watch practice with Coach Keats. I mean, they had a full-on buffet spread at the at the Dale Center right after every practice, and it was just like, dang man, I had to walk all the way to Case to get.
0: <laughs> like
1: how crazy is that? Yeah. But it's just it is just yeah. changed so much. It's it's the game too. The game is just so much more. I call it NBA pick and roll uh, mm-hmm. dominated. It's just it's, it's just changing, and I mean that's part of the reason why I'm not playing professional basketball as well is because it just, the game started to change and I didn't like the way it was changing and it kind of sucked a little bit of fun out of it. So instead Mm -hmm. of just playing for a check and not having any fun, you know, I decided I can come back to the States and have fun. So.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and because you mean talking about two is that, you know, one example that I can think of whenever you think about people that's, you know, that are talking about how much the game has changed and is that, I mean, like you look at Duke in 20, 18 I think it was 2018 when when Zion when they had Zion, RJ Barrett and like this stacked lineup of of yeah. of freshmen. I mean, probably the best group of talent that has mm-hmm. been in college basketball in quite some time. And even they couldn't win the national championship. So that's me proved that I mean all these schools like Kentucky and Kansas and Duke that you know all these got, all these schools are just these schools that just get these one and dones that are just r- these ridiculously good players that come and play. But then they, I mean, more likely the team that has the experience, like the Virginias, the Villanovas, you know, those are the teams that are going to win it all because I mean, experience truly does matter. So I mean, it does make. I mean, from from especially from your perspective, from the basketball pr- perspective, I mean, do you kind of wonder why maybe you know, like a coach K, or like you know, Bill Self at, at Kansas doesn't kind of look at that and go, man, like you know, if if they couldn't win it. I mean, maybe I need to change up my strategy in terms of not really necessarily going after these one-dones and more focusing on guys that I can keep and, and develop, you know? I mean, I just don't understand it, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to turn down that talent. And I the way I look at it, too, is um, as a head coach, there's a lot of pressure from a lot of people to, to – they want to see the big, big recruits. Not many right. people come to a game to see a three-star recruit. You know, mm-hmm. they if, yeah. if, if you could see – you know, CJ Leslie go dunk on somebody. It's a little bit more fun to watch than Scott Wood just shooting a three. I don't I mean, know, man. The- uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know. know. Hey, that, that's just how it is, and I it, it is it is tough, but it also shows that when you get some, you know, I don't know if cohesion would be the word, but cohesion amongst a team that has been there, you got guys that have been there for two, three years, and mm-hmm. they've played with each other, know each other's game. It, it shows. Obviously, the Dukes, the Kentuckys may be a more talented team, but they've only played together for one year and then right. on top of it now, you know you got two three freshmen that are gonna go pro, so now you got a sophomore and junior that may be getting minutes, and there could be division amongst you know the team, so there's a lot of things that go on there, and it's not like every team gets along, especially when you uh, you know that you know guys are gonna leave and go pro so there's just a lot of things to it. I mean, obviously, you want talent, but you got to have talent that you know can mesh and get along mm-hmm. and play the game the right way. Mm. Well, I'm yeah, curious. Layton, you were saying, uh, like, Coach K and Bill Self, if they need to change up their strategy. Well, Coach K and Roy Williams just said they were retiring because the landscape had changed so much. Couldn't yeah. And so. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, it's just, it's hard. I mean, it's just like this, uh, the NIL or whatever. I mean, yeah. I like the idea of it, uh, but y'all are all playing yourselves. The NCAA's playing themselves that they think that it ain't going to turn into who can pay the most money for these kids. They don't have enough rules. That's all it's going to be. They can say, oh, you can't, like, if they're going to wash a car, they got to be paid the same as someone else. You think these kids going to wash a car and they ain't going <laughs> to pay them two grand? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And I, like I get it because I was there. I understood. I couldn't have a job. I couldn't make money. There needs to be some type of compensation there, but it also needs to be, you know, I don't I don't know the the right way to do it. I, I keep telling everybody, I was like, dude, if they gave me 80 grand, 100 grand, I'd have been out there buying the Corvette. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's just they're going to waste their money on that. Maybe it's like you can get 40 percent of your money up front, but the 60 has to go towards some type of savings account until you graduate.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I was ki- I was curious if you thought about the NIL because that that whole thing. I mean, that's why people are thinking, oh, that's just going to ruin college basketball and college football and all that. But do you think you think that's well, a big? Do you think that's needed for players? Like,
1: <coughs> and this is this is my one takeaway because I I think that these players do need compensated because listen, these these universities, the NCAA is making billions and billions of dollars off these kids, and these kids don't get a cent. So I do believe mm-hmm. there needs to be some type of compensation. I really really do. I just don't know the right way to go about it. The way I look at it is, uh, so for example, I played eight years professional basketball. Okay, My first three years were fine. But at, one, at, at, at some point in my career, I'm getting paid. It turned into me having to be a selfish player to get the most points possible. So my agent can then use that and get yeah. me a bigger deal the next year so that I can get more money. And at some point, it wasn't about winning. It wasn't about my team. It was about selfishness. And that was hard for me. And that's one of the reasons why I stopped playing basketball, because it started to turn into a check and not about winning and losing. Mm -hmm. And the problem Mm -hmm. is, as soon as these kids start getting paid, they ain't going to care one bit about this university. And they're not going to care one bit if they win or lose, because they're getting money regardless.
2: They're still getting theirs.
1: And that's what a lot of people don't realize. These first couple of years may be smooth, but as soon as this starts getting into it, it's going lit- to literally turn into, I'm just going there because it's a job. Yep. It ain't mm-hmm. because I'm getting an education. It ain't because I'm trying to, you know, raise a family one day uh, in the city of Raleigh. I'm trying to win an ACC championship. It's because I'm getting paid. The, like when, when Sydney Lowe came to my door, we weren't talking about money. Kevin Keats is going to have to go there and be like, oh, yeah, we're well funded at the university. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, Mm -hmm. that's not what it's about. And that's the problem is now it's never going to be about basketball. It's going to turn into money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because, you know, one of the things, too, that I wanted to bring up, I wanted to ask you on is so, uh, um, you know, one of the things I was kind of thinking through was so, like, this past year (laughs) for football, they didn't have the meet the pack day where, you know, fans come for two hours, get autographs and signings. So the one thing which I wondered is, I mean, and I I wanted to kind of get y'all's opinion on this. Do you think they would go as far as charging fans to get autographs from the players? Like, you know, 20 bucks to get in to get autographs or something? I mean... It'd be more than that. Well, yeah. I mean, and I mean, like, would it be like 30 bucks for quarterbacks and five bucks for defensive backs? I mean,
1: is that how far we're going to go? I don't know. I think the... I know Ben Broussard really well who runs the Wolfpack club. And I, I don't know if he would do that because there is still, yeah, I there still so. needs to be that connection to where, you know, an athlete and a fan, you know, are together. So there needs to be something like, I listen, I ain't charged somebody for an autograph a day in my life. and never even thought about it. Like the way I look at it is my dad always told me, Hey, one day he said, just enjoy it. Cause one day nobody's really going to remember who you are. Like, just, just remember Like, when I'm walking at Carter Finley and someone says, hey, Scott, go back. Like, you don't understand how good it feels to know people, like, remember your name. Like, you you did something for the university where somebody remembered your name. And oh. I think that's just where you got to have that bond because it's going to literally turn into, oh, this guy wants an autograph. Let me charge him 20 bucks." No, just be a good person and, and sign the jersey for the kids. Yeah,
2: i I tell you what, I saw Richard Howell at the uh, South Florida game just walk right by me. I didn't. I didn't say anything because I was like, "What? I don't know what am I going to do." But I, I was like, "My wife with me I was like, like, that's Richard Howell. She has no clue who he is." But I was like, "That's that's really cool."
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. dude, yeah. he's
2: lost a lot of weight too, man. He's like really slimmed down. He good. Yeah, he has. He looks good.
0: That's cool. He's in Raleigh mm-hmm. now,
1: so you, that, that should be another guy. He, he'd be a good one to have
2: on. That's awesome. Richard. He'd be really. Good.
0: That'd be awesome. Well, I've talked. Well, I've talked to him. All right. Well, thank you all so much again for tuning in. Uh, please make sure again to hit. Please uh, help us out and hit that subscribe button. It really helps support us in the channel. Please follow us at Tuffy Talk Now to on Twitter, or Instagram, and also to uh, give us a like on this video as it really helps support us. And uh, make sure to check out all of our other in-state content. Make sure to uh, check out part two as we continue this conversation with uh, Mister Scott Woods. So we'll see y'all then. Thank you so much. Go pack.